Welcome to WMUR's The Trail, from New Hampshire to the White House. I'm WMUR Political Director Adam Sexton, and this episode is going to be a little bit different than what you've been hearing from us the last several months. We've begun our Candidate Cafe series. Our conversation with the candidate was all about policy. The cafe is all about the candidates themselves. We want to learn more about them, their personalities, what makes them tick. You get the picture. In this episode, you'll hear some highlights from Andrew Yang's back and forth with voters at Manchester's airport diner. Then I'll jump in and chat with the entrepreneur and we'll talk about some of the hot topics of the day. Thanks for listening and do be sure to leave a rating and a review of this podcast after the episode. We'd really appreciate it. Pulling up a chair at the airport diner in Manchester, Andrew Yang opened up to New Hampshire voters, sharing stories of his upbringing as the son of immigrants. My father grew up on a peanut farm in Asia with no floor. And when I visited his childhood home, I was like, no way. <laughs> Looking around this farming village and I was like, how the heck did you go from here to... Um, so then my, my father uh, uh, ended up getting his PhD in physics from Berkeley where he met my mom. Yang's parents worked hard to send him to one of the best schools in the country, Phillips Exeter Academy. So I, I spent a lot of time here in New Hampshire. I came of age here. I went to college at Brown, which is not that far away. I grew up in upstate New York, so um, um, I consider myself a New England product. Yang says while he didn't exactly enjoy his prep school experience, one escape was music and attending concerts. U2, uh, The Cure, Depeche Mode, um, I went to the first three Lollapaloozas, so I saw like uh, all of that stuff. The entrepreneur turned presidential candidate is a married father of two sons. One lives with autism. I, I have a feeling, and we saw this a little bit with that teen who's, um, you know, the climate change activist, but I, I feel like he just sees the world in a different way. And one of, one of the messages I have in the campaign is that uh, being atypical is the new normal. Even though Yang is busy campaigning across the country, he vacationed this summer on the seacoast, bringing his family to Hampton Beach. And then my kids loved those uh, boardwalk arcades where they would just go in there. They'd spend like, <laughs> limit, like, like limit, limitless hours like the tokens and then getting the tickets. Adam Sexton, WMUR News 9. Hey, Facebook recently made some changes. Now you're missing out on lots of content from WMUR, but it's easy to stay connected. Go to WMUR's Facebook page, tap follow, then see first. That's it. Just two taps brings you back in the know. So I remember the first time I interviewed you, uh, we were both kind of wandering around downtown Concord. Uh, you had places to go, I was trying to find you, uh, and I'm not going to say you were just a guy, because you clearly knew what you were talking about, but you've made it a long way from that point. Well, thank what's you. The, what's the biggest change that you've seen uh, since you were essentially wandering the streets of Concord to now being Andrew Yang, presidential candidate, who's on those big debate stages? Well, it's uh, people know who, knowing who I am. <laughs> That's. Uh, totally my recollection as well, Adam, where, you know, when I came to New Hampshire for the first time, most people were completely unfamiliar with me and my platform. Um, and now the crowds are bigger, the energy is higher, the enthusiasm is electric. Uh, and it's very touching, it's very heartening, uh, you know, as a human being where you see people actually uh, so happy to see you. I mean, it's very heartwarming and invigorating. Do you think universal basic income is, I mean, obviously people like you, that's, you know, your supporters do, but yeah, is that help open the door a little bit? The fact that, hey, there's the guy who wants to give me $1,000 a month as a starting point, uh, not bad, right? Well, it's likely the first thing someone's heard about me in the campaign. And then many people initially, I think, see it as too good to be true or a gimmick or somehow not possible. And then 
uh, when you dig into our history, you find that is a deeply American idea and we can make it a reality if enough of us come together, particularly in New Hampshire. If enough people in New Hampshire come together, then the freedom dividend will become reality in 2021. So UBI gets you in the door. Do you feel like you have to raise your game, do something different um, to break through that next level, to get up there with Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders? Now, in many ways, Adam, I think in, uh, you've seen the progression. It's harder to go from uh, totally anonymous to uh, fourth, fifth, or sixth in the polls, which I am now by most every measurement, to go from fourth, fifth, or sixth in the polls to first. Uh, so we're one of the very few campaigns in the field that has been growing consistently, and that growth just continues to accelerate. So if we keep on this track, we are going to contend for the whole thing. And one of the things that's most exciting is that I'm one of only two candidates in the field that 10% or more of Donald Trump voters say they will support. So when I am the Democratic nominee, we win the whole thing. And Democrats have one primary criteria for the nominee, and that's beating Donald Trump. When they realize that I'm as sure a bet to beat Donald Trump as anyone else in the field, uh, you'll see my numbers just grow and grow. When we first started talking, you weren't a big fan of impeachment uh, when it was back in just the Russia investigation. What do you think now that we've seen more come out in particular regards to this whistleblower complaint? Yes, I, I uh, concluded earlier this week that impeachment was the right way to go uh, because of just the egregious pattern of behavior and that if you have the president literally leaning on a foreign leader to try and kneecap a political rival and then suppress the uh, investigation at some point Congress had to act and so I believe that it's right to uh, proceed with impeachment hearings I will say though that every moment we're talking about Donald Trump is a victory for Donald Trump and that the challenge that Democrats need to meet is to have our own vision for the country that people will be excited about the vision cannot be we're not Donald Trump. We, ha we have to solve the problems that actually got Donald Trump into office in 2016. Uh, before we wrap up here, I've got a question. Uh, there's a very strong culture around your campaign. You know, you've got the Yang Gang, crowd surfing. Uh, you see a lot of you online, social media. Uh, there's a real splash there. Uh, but this thing that happened with this guy from SNL who got hired and then fired over his racial slurs, you were saying, you know, I think cancel culture has gone a little too far. Um, Talk a little bit about that and explain, you know, if, if he didn't cross a line for you, then what is the line, I guess? That, those were pretty offensive statements. Yes, and he used racial epithets for me specifically as an individual, which uh, uh, obviously, you know, when I first heard about it, I was like, what? Like, who is this person? What did he say? What just happened? And so I sat down with my wife to watch some of his work. Uh, comedy. Trying to, it's comedy. Trying to figure out whether he was malignant uh, and racist or whether he was something else. And upon sitting down and watching his work, uh, I thought he was a still-forming comedian from central Pennsylvania who told some uh, offensive jokes. And to me, that's not the sort of thing you should lose your job over, particularly if you're in that line of work. And as the person who was personally insulted, I thought, well, if I think that he should not lose his job, then I should certainly say something about that because if anyone should be taking offense, it's me. Um, but that was after some deliberation and investigation to figure out what I thought um, of him individually. And I think that's where we should be as a country. Instead of, instead of being unduly punitive and vindictive, we should be a little bit more forgiving and understanding and try and humanize uh, behaviors that in the abstract uh, we'd find problematic very rational response there. Sometimes people want a president who will react, though. Get punched in the face, they might punch back. 
Uh, well, if you punch me in the face, I'll punch back. That's really <laughs> I'm right. not going to um, test that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but as you suggested, I do think that cancel culture has gone a bit too far. And one thing someone said that stuck with me is that if you have a group of people um, calling for someone to be fired, that group of people then moves on a week uh, later, but then the person's still fired. So, you know, you're in some cases irrevocably changing someone's life or career, uh, and that lasts for years, whereas that satisfaction uh, that you get by calling for it fades away very quickly. All right. Andrew Yang, thanks for spending time with us. Thanks, Adam. Great to see you again. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for WMUR's The Trail, from New Hampshire to the White House. If you have a moment and can write a review or subscribe to this podcast, we'd certainly appreciate it. You can also find us on WMUR.com and our free WMUR app 24-7. See you for the next episode of this podcast next week.